Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Matt Perino here, joined as always by Ryan Talbot. Ryan, I have been trying to find a place to go live here for the last 10 minutes. Not really reliable internet service, but where do I go and where do I find it? Right here on the corner of 2nd and Broadway in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. And right across the river, tomorrow night, Monday Night Football, it's going to be the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans in a rematch from last year when the Tennessee Titans put it on the Bills. 42 to 16. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, Matt, but I think you made a little mistake that you said Nashville. I think you mean Nashville, Tennessee. And, <laughs> and and listen, you know, there are a lot of Bills fans in Nashville, but you know what they don't have? They don't have tops. And Shout is brought to you by Tops. Whether you're celebrating at home or away, Tops has all your fan favorites ready to enjoy for football, entertaining, or any occasion. From hot to go pizza and appetizers, signature fried chicken, baby back ribs and subs, to delicious salads and brownie trays. They have everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. Hosting a large party? Check out our huge selection of party platters for a delicious, effortless, and affordable, no-stress way to impress. For complete details, stop by your local tops. All right, Ryan. So we got a game to break down. We're going to get into it. I mean, it's pretty... I mean, just to set the stage here, I was walking across the uh, bridge just a minute ago to try to find a, a, a location, and I was halfway over, and I can hear the Bill Shout song blaring on a tour bus. We're probably going to see one of the tour buses coming down. They've been coming down every 15 minutes or so. Bills fans are, I mean, we've seen the videos. You had a post on the site yesterday. Bills fans are just absolutely taking over Nashville. I I was walking down the one street here and one of the, I I heard a guy talking to another guy. I guess, I guess if you're not a Bills fan, you're not allowed to be in Nashville this weekend. It kind of (laughs) feels like that. Yeah, it's been a great atmosphere. And and listen, this is the one game. It feels like whenever the bills have the Titans on their schedule, it feels like that's the game where, the Bills fans really show up in big numbers. Uh, you know, it, it's a manageable drive. It's a cheap flight generally. So it makes sense that that's the game where uh, if you play in Tennessee, you usually get a large number of Bills fans. I want to start with Ryan Tannehill because I feel like for me, one of the big keys to this game is the Bills pass rush was so good last week against Kansas City with just four, right? There it goes. 
There it goes. He's getting after it. He's kind of coming off the edge like a defensive end. And I think that's going to be important this week. How, how do Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, Jerry Hughes and company get after Ryan Tannehill? He's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL through the first five games. He's been sacked 20 times in five games. There's problems with this offensive line. Certain players are older. I mean, Roger Saffold, we were talking about him as a free agent option for the Bills three years ago, I think, when he was playing with the Rams. So there's some issues there. Taylor Luan hasn't been completely healthy. I think that's a big, big key to this game is how do the Bills affect Ryan Tannehill, who has just looked like a average quarterback here early on the season? Yeah, I, I think that's obviously going to be a big part of the game plan. You mentioned he's been sacked 20 times this season. Uh, the Bills have kind of mixed it up well this year in terms of depending on their front four to get pressure, uh, whether it's resulted in a lot of sacks. You know, there, there haven't been a lot of games where the front four has done it on their own, but they, they've made the quarterback move. They made him uncomfortable. Then there have been games like Miami where they've been sending free blitzers from the secondary, linebackers, you name it. The Bills are going to mix it up a little bit because they know this offensive line uh, has had its struggles early this year. I, I, the Titans as a whole have a lot of issues, and we'll get into that on the defensive side of the ball here soon. But on offense, there's the sacks. There's the fact that uh, they really haven't been able to get – I don't think they've, they've met expectations. They're okay in certain areas, but you're going to get A.J. Brown and Julio Jones back for the first time together since week one. They are getting a little healthier at certain positions, but we still need to see more out of Tannehill before I, I'm going to sit here and say that they're going to uh, be able to defeat the Bills here on Monday night. You know, they went to uh, a defense to prevent Patrick Mahomes from taking over last week. And I think this week it's going to be kind of more about going to a defense that limits Derrick Henry. And I was just talking about it on the pregame show on our, over on Channel 4. The Bills have done excellent work against Derrick Henry over the course of the last three seasons. He's averaging just 3.8 yards per carry in three games. He averages almost five yards a carry over the course of his career. So I think one of the biggest factors for me is, all right, Buffalo, how are you going to get a, they've been good against the run. I think they rank third in the league right now, Ryan, against the run. So that's something that they're doing uh, well coming into this game. But Derrick Henry is a little bit of a different beast. And we, we heard from Jordan Poyer. We heard from Micah Hyde, you know, Going into this game, it's it's going to be about maybe being a little bit more mindful of wrapping up when you get around uh, Derrick Henry. He's such a big low. We saw what he did to Josh Norman last year. And I think Taron Johnson said it best. Listen, when I'm going to tackle a guy, it's him or me. And, th and that's what, how I approach it. And it, it's a good mindset to have. But a lot of times it's Derrick Henry that sometimes wins that matchup. Yeah, you're, you need to be a sure tackler anytime you have Derrick Henry on your uh, on your schedule, so to speak. And, and Henry is... The, the real deal is one of the best of the best, one of the best in the last decade. So it, it's going to be up to the Bills to make sure that they tackle him well, they wrap him up well. But you also have to go back to last year. Last year was his most successful game in terms of finding the end zone. He scored twice last year. But look at who was not in that game. No Matt Milano, no Trey White, no Levi Wallace. Uh, they were missing a lot of key players on that defense in that matchup. So the Bills now, as you know, the Bills fans know, absolutely no one with an injury designation on this injury report going into the game. They are very healthy. Uh, they're going to be able to bring the full arsenal against the Titans. And, you know, I, I think that they're going to be able to continue to have that level of success that they have against Henry throughout these last three years. I mean, let's get into that a little bit. I mean, how unreal is it that we're going in here week six of the NFL season and just in comparison to last year, what the Buffalo Bills had to deal with in that game against the Tennessee Titans. How many guys were out of the lineup? 
they're going to have their full arsenal on both sides of the ball on special teams as well. That's a huge advantage. You go back to last year, Tredavious White was banged up. I still think that that was a big reason why this Bills defense got off to such a slow start. The injuries, Matt Milano in and out of the lineup, Tremaine Edmonds, obviously Tredavious White against the, the Tennessee Titans that scored 42 points. Well, that makes a lot of sense when you're all pro cornerbacks, not in the lineup. Levi Wallace didn't play. Matt Milano didn't play. Starla Tulele didn't play. They were relying on young guys like Cam Lewis, who has been good every time he's been asked to play, and Tyrell Dodson, a linebacker. This is going to be a completely different defense that Derrick Henry and this Tennessee Titans offense faces on Monday night. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, you look at some of the injury reports around the league. I think last week the Titans had something like 21 players on their injury report. And you've seen other teams that have had the Browns had a lot this week, too. So to see a team this healthy with the bye week approaching is pretty unreal. Usually when a team approaches the bye week, a lot of fans are like, oh, it's it's great time to let, you, you know, those key players rest up. And so that way they're going to be ready. Well, right now the Bills don't have anyone that's really uh, injured significantly or anyone that you have to really worry about too much. So that's an encouraging sign for sure. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. All right, Ryan. So let's uh, move this thing along. You said you wanted to talk about this Tennessee Titans defense a little bit later in the show. And I think this is a good time to talk about. I'm interested to see how the Bills game plan against this Tennessee Titans, who's giving up huge plays down the field. I mean, they're leading the league in, in passing plays given up of 40 yards or more on the season. It just so happens they're facing Josh Allen on the heels of an absolute masterpiece in terms of getting the ball down the field against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. That also wasn't very good. So what do you what do you expect the, the Tennessee Titans to do to approach this thing? Are they going to try to limit any certain players? I feel, feel like when teams have tried to do that so far this season, it's just been another guy, a guy like Dawson Knox, who entered the year with not a lot of fanfare, perhaps, that's really taken taken over in a lot of ways. He leads the Bills in, in, in touchdown catches. Is he a kind of guy that you look at as maybe the, a weapon that could take advantage of this Tennessee Titans defense? Yeah, absolutely. Dawson Knox could be someone that's in line for a big game. Uh, I think Cole Beasley, though, is the, is the guy to keep an eye on. And listen, 22 snaps last game. A lot of talk about his role has been reduced. The Titans are also terrible against slot receivers this year. They've given up 517 yards to players in the slot. That's the sixth most in the league. They've given up six touchdowns to players in the slot. That's tied for the most in the league. So I think there's a... a a good matchup there for Cole Beasley. You asked me, could they, are they going to maybe try to take someone out of the game? I don't know if they can. You know, Christian Fallen has been their best cornerback. He is not playing in this game. He's already been ruled out. So you're, you're going to Caleb uh, Farley to make his first career start. He's appeared in two games. He's been injured. Uh, he's been dealing with, I believe, a shoulder injury, though, a little bit, too. So you're depending on, on a rookie to kind of come in and either take on Stefan Diggs or Emmanuel Sanders, whatever the case may be. You have a unit that's struggling in against guys in the slot. They've given up seven touchdowns on the ground, and you obviously have Zach Moss running with a lot of confidence right now. You have Josh Allen that can hurt you with his legs. I just think that this healthy Bills team right now has too much power, too much punch for this Titans defense. Uh, I was very high on Farley coming out. I said if it wasn't for that back injury, he would have been a surefire top 10 pick. So I'm interested to see how he matches up. But that's still asking a lot out of a rookie in his first start. You know, we talked a little bit about Cole Beasley and the whole situation around back-to-back week of two targets in 19 and 20. He only had one game in each season with his lowest two targets. So something's been up, you know, whether it be game plans specific, that's that's 
perfectly an acceptable reason why Cole Beasley hasn't been as involved in this offense. You know, they wanted to go and feature Dawson Knox a little bit more. It's understandable. I, I get all that. But now we're in a situation where Cole Beasley had to react a certain way this week. I, I think Sean McDermott was was looking about at that. And that's one of the things that had to be on me. That's one of the things that he talked about, Sean McDermott, this week is how do guys respond when there's adversity? There's going to be adversity. And listen, there's more, there's more Bills fans coming in through here. Let's see how this is going here. Who's going to win on Monday night? People are just getting after it out here. The Bills presence in the city. Ryan, remember what I was telling you about last year um, or two years ago when the Bills played in Nashville? I was at, I believe I was at this, this bar here off to the side and it's got like four levels. And at the level, it's like a rooftop bar. And as you're looking all across all of Broadway here, you can literally see nothing but Josh Allen jerseys across the entire scene. It's, it's really, it's unbelievable how much Buffalo Bills fans enjoy the Nashville trip. But back to Cole Beasley, cause I, we got to talk about him a little bit. I think this is something where it's a prime opportunity for him to get involved in the mix this week. I think that, you know, you go away from him for a couple of weeks and I think that it's also a little bit like what Brian Dable has to do to evolve this offense. You go into, you know, a season where Stefan Diggs has an all pro year. Cole Beasley has an all pro year. You have to start to figure out different ways to affect, uh, attack defenses that are going to kind of figure things out. So in my opinion, it's almost like this is by design to maybe, you know, not only throw a curveball with the usage of Cole Beasley at, at, at defenses. This is obviously a big game. They go into a bye week, a lot of really easy matchups on the other side of the bye. This is a big game against a Tennessee Titans team that has been a top-tier AFC team for the last couple of years. You win this game. You set yourself up for a nice stretch here leading towards Thanksgiving. I think what they've done with Cole Beasley makes a lot of sense because you, you can almost almost unpack him a little bit in this game. Another note, Sean McDermott said, I like the way that Cole Beasley handled this this week. He, he handled it like a pro. Josh Allen said, he's a vet. And Stephon Dick said, everybody wants more targets. Like, if you weren't disappointed about that, you're not a competitor. You're, you don't, you want the ball. But Cole Beasley all smiles around the facility this week. I saw him after practice working with guys. I saw him messing around with Josh Allen. I think that whatever frustration he might have felt last Sunday night, it subsided. And I think that that could mean a big game for him on, on, on Monday night. Yeah, I agree. And, and again, this is what happens when you have more weapons than you, you can utilize on a given play. You have Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox, Cole Beasley, a run game that's been rejuvenated, and obviously Josh Allen, who can hurt you with his legs. There's still guys waiting in the wings like Isaiah McKenzie, who, you know, he, he's had a role in terms of the, the way they use him in the movement. Uh, there's Gabriel Davis who had seven touchdowns last year who hasn't been utilized much. So it, it's really interesting to, to see how a lot of these players have been so selfless uh, so far this season. And I think it's going to continue. They, they, they have the right message in that locker room. They have the right coaching staff, the right chemistry where they know the big picture is hoisting a Super Bowl trophy at the end of the year. And that just means that everyone has to kind of do their part on a week-by-week basis. And this is one of those weeks where it might be a Cole Beasley week. So I would not be surprised if he gets double-digit targets, if he ends up near 100 yards, if he has a score in this game, based on what we've seen from this Titans defense so far this year. 
Getting Matt Milano back, I think, is a really important for this game because tackling against this team, not only with Derrick Henry, but their big-time wide receivers as well. I mean, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, this is only, I think, the second game that they'll play this season, both in the lineup together at the same time. So you're going to need all your tacklers. Matt Milano, before he got injured, Sal Capaccio brought up this point. You're going to have to be lurking in the backfield, hitting Derrick Henry early and often. But I want to move things over to A.J. Brown and Julio Jones for this game. And, you know, I have some thoughts. What are your thoughts on how the Bills might approach that matchup? Because where they've done really good, like last week, I almost like go back to last year when Baltimore played uh, the Bills in, in Buffalo and they did such a good job with that style. Leslie Frazier dialed up such a good game plan for that game. Then they went to the complete opposite the next week in Kansas City. And they had a tough day. And I think part of the problem was going from one extreme to the other. And I think this week is another similar example. They they dialed up a game plan for the, for the Kansas City Chiefs. They executed it to perfection. They had all those like smaller little receivers, you know, McCall Hardman, Tyreek Hill. They did such a good job against them. This week, it's big body receivers that, you know, it's they're going to make it tough on you throughout the game tackling. A.J. Brown, I think two years ago, had a pretty decent game. I think that this is a matchup to watch is how they deal with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and obviously Derrick Henry. Yeah, listen, it's a problem. Those are two big physical wide receivers. I I think they might start out and they might try to have Trey White shadow one of them. I think Brown would be the better one to shadow there. You still have uh, Julio, who's obviously making his return this week from a hamstring injury. Julio can still hurt you. He is still a, a very explosive player when healthy. Uh, you le- use Levi Wallace, give some safety help maybe over on that side. I, it's it's one of those things that I'm really intrigued to see uh, because this is probably, like you said, it's such a, a difference from last week in terms of the types of receivers that they played in Kansas City. These guys can hurt you. They're, they're very talented players. Again, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Trey White shadows one of them, that specifically, in my opinion, being Brown. Matt, we have quite the game here, this morning game. Jacksonville just uh, made a fourth and short stop. They have the ball with 142 remaining in a tied 2020 game. They could get their first win here. They're around midfield. Have you been watching that game all afternoon? Yeah, it's like two teams oh, trying to lose. Okay, uh, so give us the two attack of Iola update. His first game back, how does he look today? He's hitting the passes he's supposed to hit. He's hitting a lot of short, quick patterns. Uh, there, there was one or two passes where I thought, oh, that that was a pretty good throw down the field to some tight ends. But again, it's against Jacksonville's defense. He had a horrific interception, though, where it wasn't close to anyone on the Dolphins. It went right to the uh, Jacksonville defender. So still a lot of uh, ups and downs for him. I still think that they don't have the quarterback in that locker room. Obviously, there could be some intriguing names that become available in the offseason, but they, they do have two core pieces. There. I think Mike Gusecki is a, one of the top tight ends or has the ability to be, and then Jalen Waddell, he is unbelievable. He is the real deal. He's had two scores today. So they have some young pieces there. I just don't think they have the quarterback. Uh, speaking of pieces, from hot-to-go pizza and appetizers, signature fried chicken, baby back ribs and subs, to delicious salads and brownie trays, get to tops. This weekend, and there's a cut, there's worth in the last day of the weekend, but today or tomorrow, they have everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. Big game coming up tomorrow night. All right, Ryan, um, we're going to segue here into our predictions 
Yeah, no, I think prediction time is perfect, man. We're getting close to some really good matchups on the horizon today for football fans. Uh, when it comes to t- this week's prediction, I just think there's too many advantages for this Bills offense to exploit against this Tennessee uh, defense. I have the Bills going over 30 points again. Tennessee will make it interesting. I have them scoring 17, but the Bills end up winning 31-17. They move to 5-1 and one, entering their bye week. What about you? All right, so I, I think that the Bills can run the ball in this game, and I think we talked about it uh, on the podcast on Thursday. I'm buying all the Zach Moss stock you can get right now. I think that he's kind of finally coming into his own, his comfort level, making plays in the passing game, which I think you know the Tennessee Titans, for as much as they're probably doing the game plan against this Bills offense throwing down the field, you could take advantage of some of those short throws with the Zach Moss in this game. So I really like him in this game. I think Stephon Diggs can have a big game. It's funny. You look at the wide receiver stats right now, and obviously Diggs not on the same, you know, track as he was a year ago in terms of the big time, you know, receptions numbers and the big times receiving yards. He's getting the targets, Ryan. So it's almost like waiting for, you know, the, the switch to flip and Stephon Diggs to finally start, you know, having one of those big time breakout games. So I think. Diggs is my big-time offensive player to watch. If if I'm starting anybody from the Buffalo Bills fantasy-wise, I'm starting uh, Josh Allen, obviously, but, you know, Stephon Diggs as well. And I think this defense does a pretty good job of limiting this Tennessee offense. I'm going with the Bills 28-14. I think they could score more. I think it's almost become too comfortable picking them to score 40 every week. So I'm dialing it back a little bit, 28-14 in this one uh, for me. Yeah, that sounds like, a, you know, I think Bills fans will be content as long as they go into that bye week five and one. I think that puts them in good shape. Like you said, some favorable matchups after the bye. All right. So make sure you keep it locked on to Syracuse.com, New York for the next two days. We'll have coverage of the game. We'll have coverage on the ground here from uh, te- from Tennessee, from Nashville. In case anything goes down, I'll try to I think I'm going to be around a little bit. I'll, I'll try to get some video. Keep it locked on our social media uh, platforms as well. All right. Let's see what we got here. Before we get out of here, hosting a large party. I would imagine if if the part of Buffalo that's not in Nashville right now, they're going to be hosting a pretty big party tomorrow night. I feel like it's not too long ago. Monday night football games were like a national holiday in Buffalo. They happen a little bit more often these days. But check out Topps' huge selection of party platters for delicious, effortless, and affordable, no-stress way to impress. For complete details, stop by their carryout cafe or visit topsmarkets.com slash fantasy foodball. All right, Ryan, send us out of here. What else you got? Final word. Final word. Like uh, Matt said, drop some likes, subscribe, like, rate, review on all your favorite podcast platforms, whatever you can do. But other than that, enjoy some football today and get ready for a big Monday night showdown tomorrow. All right, everybody. For Ryan Talbot, I am Matt Perino from Broadway Street in Nashville, Tennessee. We will see you tomorrow night. Don't miss the postgame episode of Shout, a Buffalo football podcast. We'll be live late night. Those are the funnest parties. See you then. Take care, everyone. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.